Good moment, America. How are you? It is Friday, October 9th, 2020. This is the Terry Wilkerson Show podcast. We're coming to you a couple of days late this week. There's been some issues going on around the family, around me. I've been... Uh, normally I record this show on Wednesday for a Thursday release this week. I was just sick as a dog on Wednesday, and um, it was not pleasant. And a lot of other little little things going on around the world. And my co my uh, co host here, Lucky, just decided to join me, and he's gone up into the window. So uh, we are recording live here from the bunker, as always. This is the Terry Wilkerson Show. No safe spaces. Nothing is sacred. We do what we want here. Don't forget to check us out over at the website at terrywilkerson.com, www.terrywilkerson.com. Uh, we have a few things to get to this week. Um, we do not have the questions this week. Um, <laughs> somehow I managed to lose everything that I had on the computer. I am just not good at this whole technological shit. I, I like to think, you know, the podcast itself is great, but for some reason I just cannot get the hang of the technological part of it. Anyway, we're going to start out today with um, some sad news for baseball fans and for specifically Yankees fans like myself. This uh, this morning, Edward Charles Ford, known as Whitey Ford, uh, the great left-hander for the New York Yankees in the 1950s and 60s, passed away at the age of 91. Just, uh, I believe it was 12 days short of his 92nd birthday and... And Whitey, man, uh, I remember, obviously I did not grow up in the Whitey Ford era, but I do remember reading all the stories and hearing all the stories. Growing up in North Jersey, I mean, Whitey Ford was just a, uh, he was a god. He was a legend. He was one of the, he was a true Yankee. I mean, this was a guy who was born and raised and lived his entire life, basically, in New York City. You know, he, he was a, a New York City street kid who made good. I mean, he was drafted by his his hometown team, his favorite team. He ended up winning, I believe it was six World Series with them. Um, won the ERA title twice. He's a former Cy Young Award winner, World Series MVP, 10-time All-Star, and of course, you know, a Hall of Famer. Still the winningest pitcher in Yankees history with a record of 236 and 106. And when you stop and think about it, it's actually the highest career-winning percentage of any left-hander in the history of the game. So if you're a baseball fan like I am, and a suffering baseball fan right now, if you're a baseball fan like I am, the name Whitey Ford is up there with some of the great left-handers of all time. I mean, it is up there with the Randy Johnsons and the Warren Spawns and the Steve Carltons. So, uh, man, rest in peace, Whitey Ford, and I feel so bad for his family and... Um, he passed away today at the age of 91, surrounded by his family and friends. And, you know, he's up there in baseball heaven right now. And I, I guess he and Mickey are <laughs> going to go out and have a few drinks. And I'm pretty sure Billy Martin is going to be driving because that's kind of how they did things. So rest in peace, Whitey Ford. Um, another great little piece of news. I just want to bring this up. Uh, my own personal family situation here. Uh, a very close friend. Um, he's basically family. And a friend of the show here, Jeff, um, if you get an opportunity to listen to this, uh, Jeff had a surgery today. He is perfectly fine. And if he, well, not perfectly fine, but he came out of it well. And if somehow, Jeff, you know, happen to hear this, if you happen to listen to this week's episode during your recovery, we are all here behind you. We all love you, man. And we, we hope um, nothing but the best. You know, hope to see you soon. We told you you were going to get through this and everything is good. 
you know, just keep fighting, keep struggling, man, because that that's what you do, brother. You know, we love you, and and we're gonna see you as soon as we can. So, if you if anybody out there is a praying type or the spiritual type who you know asks either God the Father or or the Great Spirit or whatever you happen to believe in, please send our good friend, our family, Jeff. Please send him all the the thoughts and prayers and and good vibes you possibly can. Man's fighting his ass off, and, you know, we're all behind him 100%. So, let's see what else we have going on in the world. Like I said, we don't have the the questions this week. We have the um, ability. You can ask the questions on our Facebook page, on our parlor page, on our Wimkin, Kodias. Yes, we're going with all of the obscure social media. And honestly... I, I feel a lot better about these quote-unquote obscure social media platforms because the whole idea behind social media was supposed to be a freedom of expression. And as we all know, Mark Fuckerberg doesn't care about your freedom of expression. He cares about his making his billions of dollars off of selling your information to the Chinese. So don't, don't, don't make any mistake. I mean, Facebook is just, it's a shitstorm. I, I wish like hell MySpace had survived to kick Facebook's ass. But anyway, we have the ability to ask all these questions. And, of course, you can go to uh, TerryWilkerson.com, submit the question, email me at Terry at TerryWilkerson.com because there's a lot of shit going on in the world. And let me make this perfectly clear, by the way. Very soon, this election is going to happen, and Donald Trump is going to layeth the smacketh down on sleepy Joe Biden. And when that happens, and once the liberals have stopped crying, and once the inevitable street-level gang warfare ends, all of this bullshit over the past nine months, hell, over the last three and a half, four years, is going to be a distant memory. And people are going to have to deal with the fact that Donald J. Trump is the president of the United States. But that gives me an opportunity because finally I'll be able to fucking stop talking about politics all the time. This show was never meant to cover just politics. If you have been with me from the beginning, you know that what I am all about is the individual. And I wanted this show and indeed the website to be not only a place for you know, the individual thought as it pertains to politics, but also philosophy, but also the individual lifestyle. I am a fisherman. I was a hunter in my younger days, and I am longing to return to that. So there's just, there's so much other shit out there to talk about other than just politics. And we're going to be getting back to that as soon as we possibly can. So, I mean, you know... It, You've seen, if you've been on the website, you've seen I actually did a gear review on the Leatherman Free series, which it, it's a nice tool, but you can read my review on the website. It's under um, the opinion section, the op ed section. I will never talk shit on anything that Leatherman does. It's a great company. Um, just certain tools are not for me. You know, it's just like you, certain people don't get along. You know, that's all it is. But the point I'm trying to make is this is supposed to be my show, this is supposed to be about. You know, just the things in the world that interest me. And I'm, I'm working on getting people lined up for an interview. Because I think there's a, something to be said for just interviewing the individual. Interviewing people just as people. 
Because, you know, life is about a hell of a lot more than just fucking politics. Life is about a hell of a lot more than whether or not you can stand what the NFL is doing right now. And that, by the way, if you haven't heard, the NBA is apparently talking about removing the Black Lives Matter bullshit from the court for next year. Now, I do like basketball a lot. I can say I love basketball, but I do not love what the NBA has done this year. I do not love what Major League Baseball has done this year. Hence my phrase, my phraseology earlier about a suffering baseball fan. I have not watched a game since the first time I saw that BLM bullshit on the fucking mound at Fenway Park. That is sacrilege. And it kills me. Not knowing what's going on, I mean, I get, a, I get an idea what's going on. I see it, you know, on TVs or, or in passing on you know, online. I know the Yankees are going to Game 5 against the Rays. I didn't even know the fucking Rays were in. I didn't know anybody was in it. I have not paid attention, and it is a killer. I miss baseball like you cannot believe. I mean, this is like a heartbreak, ladies and gentlemen, to not have baseball in my life. But it is far more important for me right now to wash my hands of this leftist rhetoric than it is to watch the game that I grew up on, the game that I love with all of my heart and soul. But at any rate, there's more to life than any of this shit. And that's what we're going to be focusing on in the coming weeks. You know, hopefully, once all this is over on election day, we can do just, you know, an election coverage and then move on and finally get the people on the show that we've been talking to and finally get this show out where we want it to be. But, in the meantime, we do have to deal with some of the political nonsense, the political bullshit. Not saying it's not going to go that way. Obviously, politics are important. Obviously, society is important. I'm just saying, very, very soon, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be able to focus on something other than Donald Trump, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and all of this bullshit that is going on. Now, we're going to be back in just one second to start, uh, well, we're going to be talking about a very political topic we're going to get to that in just a second but we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back okay we are back um i'm sure you guys have already heard all about this and my co-host by the way is passed out sleeping on a towel so if you don't hear lucky um he's busy he's busy snoozing sleeping dreaming about i don't know rabbits or something So I'm pretty sure you guys have already heard about this whole thing with this uh, young man by the name of Kamori Harrison in um, New Orleans. I got to stop with the um, you know, that's one of the things they say. They're like, you can't use filler words. Well, when you don't write a fucking script, you have to use filler words. I'm sorry. I'm working on that. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that. Well, Kamori Harrison this young boy, he's nine years old. He lives in uh, the New Orleans suburbs, or I guess New Orleans proper. And he was doing an online test, distance learning, because we all know how great distance learning is. So he's doing this online test, and his teacher spots the fact that his younger brother was running through the bedroom and knocked over a BB gun. Clearly a BB gun. Clearly not an assault rifle. Clearly not. It's not like the fucking kid had a thirty aught six or, you know, anything chambered in Creedmoor. No. It was just a BB gun. Gets knocked over in his room. Kamori reaches over, picks it up, puts it by his chair, continues on this test. The teacher, through the power of the internet, sees this BB gun and immediately flags Kamori and contacts the school superintendent to recommend expulsion 
from school. Why, you may ask? Because according to the teacher, Kamori had a firearm on school property. Now, you may ask yourself, how in the hell can somebody's home be school property? And this is the crux of the matter. This is where we are going with all of this nonsense, with the distance learning. We knew this was going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. The, the teacher is claiming, and the school board is claiming, that because distance learning takes place within the household, that the house itself is now within the purview. It is now within the... Um, the, the the grasp of the school district. I lost the word I wanted to, to use there. It is now, this home is property of the school. It is part of the school system. This is what this school district is claiming. Now, if there has been a more moronic idea to come out of all of this COVID-19 shit, I don't know what it is. I mean, this is more moronic than the idea that, oh, you know, well, if you wear a mask, it's going to protect everybody in the world from fucking COVID. It's not going to protect anybody. We know that. And first of all, some kid having a BB gun in his house, in his house, and you're going to sit here and claim that because you're a teacher and because, you know, there's some remote learning going on, well, obviously that is school property. It's not fucking school property. How in the hell is it school property? So what you're telling me is if you are in a Zoom meeting with your boss, whatever goes on in your house, your boss can now turn around and say, well, that's company property and you have violated the, the company policy. That's what they're going for. That's what they're going for. They're going for the idea that no matter what you do, it is the, 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 the purview of some official, some government official or some... Uh, school district or your boss or somebody that now you and your property belong exclusively to them and that they have the opportunity and in fact they have the mandate to determine everything you're going to do this is what is happening to people like Kamori Harrison and this is not the first or only inc you know, incident like this we're hearing little things about uh, this from all over the place but this just happens to be the biggest one right now now, the Louisiana Department of Education listed the incident in this scenario as possessing a weapon prohibited under federal law. I didn't know that a fucking BB gun was prohibited under federal law. I mean, I know when I grew up, BB guns were kind of like a natural thing. It was kind of like a rite of passage to get your first BB gun. Hell, I come from the generation of a Christmas story. And for everybody out there listening, you don't need an explanation. You already know about the idea of waking up on Christmas morning to a Red Ryder BB gun with a thing in the, stock, in the stock that tells time. That used to be a rite of passage. Shooting squirrels with a BB gun used to be a rite of passage. Tin cans used to be a rite of passage. Now possessing a BB gun is a federal crime? Because, oh, well, it's school property. No, it's not. It was actually the property that Kamori Harrison lived on. That's private property. That's not fucking school property. If you're going to claim that school property extends to private property, here's a thought. Maybe we should just have all private schools then. Because then private schools, hey, you know, you have a scenario where there are private schools everywhere, then yes, you have to agree to whatever ground rules are set for that particular private school. And I am 100% in favor of the full privatization of our education system. 
So if you want that opportunity, if if you want to be able to claim, oh, well, that's our property, fine. Then you have private schools or, you know, maybe, I don't know, stop being assholes. Stop pretending that you're that important that you as a teacher can tell a child what to do on their own property, on the property their parents own. We've heard the same thing about a kid getting chastised because he listed Donald Trump as a hero. Now, we all know Donald Trump is kind of a dick, but he's also the president of the United States. And for a child to get castigated by his teacher in front of the entire classroom, can we even use classroom anymore? Is that a word now? Or have we given it up to, you know, the, 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 the ether of the internet? The ether, well, no, ethernet's a thing. But is that you know, what we need to do now? We need to go, well, you know, it's a classroom. No, it's, it's everybody. It's, it's the internet. And you have to be subject to being, you know, put out there all across the internet. Even in a classroom, if a kid said, you know, uh, Donald Trump is one of my heroes and the teacher didn't agree with it, well, the teacher's politics has absolutely no place whatsoever in the school. But if it comes down to that, you pull the kid aside at the end and you talk to them and go, I don't believe Donald Trump is a hero. I would prefer you not to bring that up in my classroom. Quick anecdote. I remember senior year. I had economics. My very first class of the year, period one, was Econ 101. And I remember the teacher giving his uh, synopsis of what was going to be learned or taught from his perspective in the class. And I noticed something was missing. So when he asked if there were any questions, I had raised my hand and asked, are you going to address Reaganomics and the effect of trickle-down theory in the 1980s? Now... I got pulled aside as I was leaving that classroom. And oh, by the way, that was also my fucking homeroom for like the first you know couple of months. And then for some reason, I got switched over to another one. But he pulled me aside and he said, don't you ever try to show me up in my classroom again. Now, as much as I think it's a dick move, hey, you know what? At least the teacher had the balls to pull me aside privately. At least he had the decency to pull me aside privately. But no, that's not what's happening with these distance learning situations. No, we're just calling kids out on the internet. And in this case, in the case of Kamori Harrison, we're calling him out for possessing a fucking BB gun. Now, even if, even if there was any legitimacy to the claim that your house is school property... Let me explain this to you. It was a BB gun. There is no AIDS limit anywhere... That I can find, I have found nothing in New Orleans about there being an age limit for possessing a BB gun. So let's see, let's see if he's possessing a gun that he is legally allowed to own, a BB gun that he is legally allowed to own. Where does this teacher get the idea that this is under any type of act, possessing a weapon prohibited under federal law? Where in the hell? does this come from? It comes from a bunch of snowflake pussy-ass fucking teachers who think that they should dominate the education of children. Instead of actually educating, they think they need to dominate the education. They have to put their own spin on everything. The teachers have become like the fucking media. The teachers have become a whole new breed of danger for our children. And in the case of Kamori Harrison... There is an attorney by the name of Chelsea Cusimano who is representing the family and she's trying to get the, 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 suspe- the, um, 
the expulsion got turned to a six-day suspension. Well, Chelsea Cusimano is going after them to try and get that suspension wiped off the record because, quite frankly, it's fucking insane. So she wants it wiped off the record so Kamori, a nine-year-old boy, doesn't have this suspension on his record for absolutely nothing. But, of course, the Jefferson Parish public school system insists that they did the right thing. And he's actually being denied the right to an appeal because they unilaterally imposed this suspension. And Kamori and his attorney, Kuzumano, are not being given the opportunity to appeal it. It's a final decision. The superintendent and the school board came up with it. And since, in, in, in their twisted mind, since the... The, uh, the punishment was taken down from an expulsion to a suspension that they've already gotten the appeal. Jesus Christ, this is really what we've come to? This is really where we're at in a society that a nine-year-old kid is going to have to deal with a suspension for having a fucking BB gun? And, and folks, this is just absolutely insane. <sighs> well, thankfully... Uh, Ms. Cusimano is uh, on the case for this one, and there's actually a GoFundMe. So if you're so inclined to support such causes, and, you know, I wish that I had the means to do so, I would absolutely go and I would find uh, Kamori Harrison on GoFundMe and try to contribute to his his fund, this legal fund, to overturn this absolutely ridiculous suspension. Um, We're going to get back to uh, things in just one minute, but we've got to take a quick break. We'll see you in just a moment. Okay, and welcome back. Needed a minute there to uh, grab my mossy oak tumbler full of ice-cold water. Uh, When we do the occasional live stream, you guys see my tumbler sitting there with me. It's been with me probably seven, eight years. I mean, it's actually been with me longer than my fiancé, I believe. I believe. Don't quote me on that. So I had to go out and grab the old uh, tumbler of water because it's nice and dry down here in the bunker. And, uh, of course, had to grab my can of Stoker's Long Cut Dip because Terry needs a dip. Um, by the way, you know, speaking of, at least in an abstract sense, speaking of Western culture, anybody out there who is a reader of modern Western crime fiction, if you have not yet checked out the Walt Longmire Mysteries, you're probably familiar with Longmire from um, the TV show. It was originally on AMC, and then it got moved over to Netflix for, I believe, the final two seasons. Great show, but you really need, if you're a fan of the genre, you really need to get into the books. I read the first book, I believe it was called The Cold Dish, um, about a year and a half ago or so, and was instantly hooked and found myself on the library website, on my local library website. Uh, I actually have a library card with two different uh, library systems in my area, which is incredibly valuable. So I ended up reading the first book. I bought the first book thanks to a gift certificate that I was given for Christmas and then basically got every other one on library loan for my Kindle app. And they are absolutely fantastic, phenomenal books. So, you know, Craig Johnson is an amazing author. I definitely recommend all of his books and I definitely recommend watching the interviews with him because he's not only a great author, he's hilarious. He has such amazing stories talking about how the characters came to be and how the the, the publishing of the original novel came to be. It, it's hilarious, it's poignant, and it's interesting, especially anybody out there who is an aspiring author like myself. Uh, I am currently working on a 
somewhat Western crime fiction novel. Um, some of you out there, I, I've talked to about the idea behind the book, and we're we're working on it. And chapter by chapter, uh, you know, it, it's tough. Learning to write a book, and learning to write a book, I should say, is is the easy part. The actual pulling the trigger and being able to do it is absolutely insane. And this is something I wanted to do my entire life. See, I'm taking the opportunity right now with the website and with the podcast and with the upcoming book to do everything I ever wanted to do. I am at that point in my life where I'm just not going to bullshit myself anymore. It's either get off your fat ass and do it or stop dreaming about it. So I made the decision to get off my fat ass and do it. Hence the website, hence the podcast, hence writing. I'm actually working on two different books, but one more earnestly than other than the other. I've decided to do it. And it's kind of one of those situations where if if I can actually get off my ass and do these types of things, then anybody can do it. And I, I'm not so subtly talking to our government. How about you get off your ass and do your job? But at any rate, Craig Johnson, um, the last book that he put out uh, a couple of weeks ago is called Next to Last Stand. And... I'm going to do something a little bit different here. I I don't normally do stuff like this, but I'm going to talk to you for just a second about this book. Now, if you're familiar, familiar with the Longmire characters, Walt Longmire is a a long-in-the-tooth sheriff in the least populated county in Wyoming, the least populated state in the Union. And normally there's some sort of murder adventure pertaining to, you know, the, the Wyoming area, and he's very in tune with the local Cheyenne Reservation. His best friend, Henry Standing Bear, is uh, full-blooded Cheyenne. So normally there's some type of murder investigation that surrounds the Cheyenne or the locals or what have you. This one was a little bit different. It was actually, um, I won't call it a comedic piece, but it was kind of funny because this one surrounded the, uh, the theft of a painting, the famous Custer's Last Fight painting, which... Um, was made quite famous by uh, uh, the Bush Company as a postcard and as a, uh, 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 I guess, laminate-type uh, poster that's on every bar wall in the West. And Craig Johnson really does his homework on this shit. Craig Johnson really, really does his homework. He knew everything about the origin of that painting, and it is a real painting. This isn't made up. Um, the book centers around the theft of this painting. And... The misadventures, the, uh, the painting was thought to be destroyed in, I believe, the 1940s, and it turns out that it was actually stolen, and a great adventure ensues. If you are a fan of, sorry if uh, my mud jug got in the way of the microphone, because it's my fucking show. So, um... If you're a fan of that genre, if you're a fan of Western crime fiction, if you're a fan of, like, crime fiction at all, I highly recommend it. It's called Next to Last Stand. Go out and get your copy today. Um, Don't buy it, by the way, right now especially. Don't buy it from a Barnes & Noble. Don't buy it from a Books A Million. I am a club member at both of those, Barnes & Noble and Books A Million. But right now, they can kiss my ass because I'm sick and fucking tired of walking into Barnes & Noble or or Books A Million and seeing Ibram Kennedy 
or you know any of these other you know, how to not be a racist white supremacy you know has to stop white guilt i'm tired of seeing these fucking books sitting up front and i'm sick and tired of seeing michelle obama plastered all over the place find an independent bookseller to buy this or go to craig a johnson craig allen johnson.com and order it straight from there i get the kindle version because i just have way too many books no I am not getting paid for this. This is not a paid endorsement. This is simply, I love the Longmire books. Um, I love the C.J. Box books. If you're not familiar with him, another great Western crime fiction author. Uh, his next book comes out in, um, I believe, April, March or April of next year. And there's also a great TV show, I want to tell you guys, coming out called Big Sky. Uh, I hope it's going to be great. It's based on four of... C.J. Box's novels called the uh, the Highway series, uh, which was originally the Lizard King series, became the Highway series. Uh, again, if you love Western crime fiction, you're going to love this stuff. So check out The Last Stand from Craig Johnson and check out anything by C.J. Box. I've also been trying to go back and start reading the Jack Ryan series again. Uh, I just finished Patriot Games right before I read the la- Next to Last Stand, and now I'm into... Um, the Hunt for Red October, which if you've seen these ridiculous commercials, I believe they're Geico commercials, the guy trying to teach people how not to be their parents. You know, who else reads books about submarines? My dad. Well, I read fucking books about submarines. You know, Hunt for Red October, so far, fantastic book. But it's it's a Jack Ryan book written by Tom Clancy, so what do you expect? So yeah, there there's a big shock for everybody. I bet people who don't know me personally, don't know that one of my favorite hobbies is reading. I absolutely love to read, and that's part of the inspiration for how I'm working on this book. Uh, I've been considering releasing, like, as as I finish the first chapter, which I've, I've kind of finished the first chapter, which is not good enough for me. I'm considering releasing, every once in a while, pieces of it on the website, terrywilkerson.com. And... I don't know if anybody would be interested, you know, hit me up, let me know what's going on. Um, This is also a great opportunity for me to sit here and say, hey, all of you out there listening, I really want to start getting people interviewed, just everyday normal people interviewed here talking about normal everyday life because everyday people, individuals are more interesting to me than celebrities. Now, I actually am, okay, I listened to the Joe Rogan show the other day, and it was probably only the third time I've ever listened to him. And I'm obviously not talking shit on Joe Rogan. That would be fucking stupid. He is the top, I believe, the top podcast personality in the world right now. So I'm not talking shit on him. I'm not trying to disparage him. He has more listeners. In the time that I record my show, he has more listeners than I've had total in the whole time I've been doing this podcast. But I just didn't see the big deal. And people tell me, oh, it's because he does these straight-up interviews. Well, that's kind of what an interview podcast should be, and that's what we're looking to do here. So I'm not just looking for famous people. I mean, there's a, a guy who is fairly well-known that I talk to about being on the show, and we may do that. We, we're still working on that. But I want to talk to normal people. I want to talk to everyday people about everyday individual life because that's not only what the show is about, that's not only what the website is for, but that's what life is about. It's about everyday normal people. It's not about Ariana Grande. It's not about, I don't know, I couldn't come up with anybody famous right there. 
That shows you how much I actually care. So if you if you're interested, email me. Hit me up on the show. Hell, my, my business number is on the website. Find me on Parlor, Kadias, Winkin. Uh, we're on Twitter, but we don't care about it. Find us on Facebook. And we will, you know, we'll try to get something together. We want to talk to normal, everyday people. Because, hey, you know, I'm a normal, everyday guy just doing what I do. I'm, I get to do this podcast. I get to do something I wanted to do as a child. Now, if you didn't hear me before, and sorry for, you know, I know right now my fiance Carol, when she listens to this, she's going to go, I can hear you spitting. Yeah, well, you see and hear it all the damn time. It's part of who I am. It's part of the ambiance of the show. So, we're going to take a second here to talk about something that is not, uh, someone that is not an average, everyday, ordinary person, and that is our President Donald Trump. Now, as you all know, the president was diagnosed with COVID-19. Well, what, four days later, he was back in the White House? And I know there are going to be people who say, oh, well, he's irresponsible. He shouldn't have done that. He should be in the hospital until he's completely cured. Um, yeah, see, that's not how it works. That's not how people like Donald Trump do shit. He got sick. He got treatment. He got better. He went home. And at the end of the day, what I think this proves possibly more than anything else is just what a joke COVID-19 really is. And I'll be honest with you, I don't personally know anybody who has died from COVID-19. I've heard of people, you know, obviously a few celebrities have passed away from it. And, you know, anybody who loses a life, it's tragic. But at the same time, everything that is a comorbidity, everything that you could possibly imagine, Donald Trump was in that fucking category. And he kicked its ass. He went into the hospital, he walked away four days later, and he's perfectly fine. So I want to hear people making their case about just how bad COVID-19 is. I mean, oh, well, if you're overweight, it's a comorbidity. Yet, check, Donald Trump, definitely overweight. Well, if you don't eat well, the man lives off of McDonald's. Yeah, well, well, if you're over 70, he's 74. He's 74 fucking years old, overweight, lives off of fast food, doesn't exercise, has the most stressful job in the known universe, and he kicked COVID's ass in four days. And, of course, in just about a month, he's going to kick Joe Biden's ass and get his second term as president of the United States. We'll be right back in just one moment. And we are back. This will be our final segment for this show. Uh, I want to start off by th there is a restaurant that I've been working at the past few months. Um, and everybody there who is listening to this show right now, I just want to say it's actually been a lot of fun. You know, it's been a great experience working with you guys. I Today was my last day there. I moved on to another job. I'll be starting there on Monday. Uh, an opportunity. It's going to actually give me more of an opportunity to work for myself. You know, this is, um, this is all part of a grand plan. As I told you guys earlier, the plan is really for me to change not just the format but the idea to go back to what I was looking to do with the website and with the podcast and to celebrate the individual and to just talk about the things I'm interested in because that's where this all began but um, I'm going to miss everybody there and I just want everybody to know I hope nothing but the best for you guys I hope you know you guys um, <laughs> I hope you guys do great I hope you kick ass over there I'm going to miss all of you and especially uh, my buddy over there Alex you know 
I know he's moving on as well. He's got a new opportunity. Best of luck to you. And best of luck to everybody there. Don't worry, I will see you around. But, uh, you know, that's life. We, we all tend to move on. And that's what I want to bring up on my last segment here is I've spent my entire life working in the restaurant industry. You guys all know that by now. So um, <laughs> there's so much going on right now with the COVID-19, with the panic, with, you know, social distancing and all these rules. And especially here in Pennsylvania, our governor is just a fucking moron with all of his ridiculous legislations. And it brings up the idea that, ladies and gentlemen, you know, boys and girls, children of all ages, as your local businesses start to open up, please do the best you can to support your local businesses. And that means if if you can, instead of ordering from a delivery service like a Grubhub or a Postmates or anything like that, order from the restaurant, go in your car and pick it up. Almost every restaurant in your area, no matter where in the world you live in, offers some type of curbside contactless service. Take advantage of that, please. Don't go through these third-party uh, delivery services. Why? Because restaurants are only getting sometimes 30% of the total from your order from Grubhub. And small businesses are the backbone of our country. They're the backbone of our society. So give that restaurant as much of your business as you can. Instead of, you know, ordering from a Postmates or, or one of these delivery services and paying an absurd delivery fee and paying a tip to the driver who does not work for the restaurant, buy directly from the restaurant. Or, here's a thought, with so many restaurants opening up, take the opportunity, take the risk, go in. If they're too busy, if you don't like the fact that, you know, there's too many people in the dining room, you don't have to stay. You can order and go. But, you know, stick with your local business. And whenever possible, order directly from them and stay away from third-party delivery services. They're destroying the restaurant industry. They're destroying an industry that's really been the backbone. I mean, pretty much everybody's first job has been at some type of restaurant. And my entire career has been in a restaurant. And that's something we're going to be talking about in the very near future. So, please... Stay, keep it as local as you possibly can. Order directly from the restaurant. Pick it up if you want to. Eat in if you feel emboldened enough. Because these local businesses, they need our support. They need our love. And we need to continue to support them as the backbone of our local economy. Keep those local jobs. Keep those local businesses. That is all we have for you this week. It is, again... Friday, October 9th, 2020. You're probably going to be hearing this tomorrow morning, Saturday, around 8 a.m. The Terry Wilkerson Show is a 1975 Productions podcast and is available on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and we are, of course, now available on Amazon Music. Find us on Facebook, Parlor. Find us on Rumble. We're going to be moving our videos over to Rumble, uh, at least on an early basis. Uh, R-U-M-B-L-E, great platform owned by Dan Bongino, fantastic podcast host in his own right. So find us on those websites, Parlor. Uh, again, we're on Twitter, but we don't usually check it, being perfectly honest. 
Facebook, go to the website at www.terrywilkerson.com. Don't forget to sign up for the upcoming newsletter and drop us a line. Email us at terry at terrywilkerson.com. Contact us by any of the means available on the website. And until we see you next time, have a great day.